good morning to our special podcast for Queen Elizabeth II and all things SR. Good morning, Leslie. Good morning, Pam. You guys hear me okay? I can hear you fine. Good. I'm having an issue in the chat room, believe it or not. Oh, you're kidding me. <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to sign out and sign back on, but I see already that we've got Shell Ashley and, and a- Elena. Elena. Elena post-surgery. Elena, how oh, yeah. are you? How are you, friend? Mm-hmm. And so Ellie. glad you could join us. And you are heard. Betty heard you. Wonderful. So, it, I think Ellie. I just can't be seen. <laughs> And my text. That's a possibility. (laughs) Um, Okay, I'm going to try this again and we'll see. Okay. Um, But what a great, Pam, great opening music. So appropriate today. Well, you know, she's a great lady. So she deserves everything that she's gotten in her life. So. Let's see. We've got all kinds of stuff coming up today. I decided with music for her today. I was picking up 1930s music. Nice. Yeah. And I think I have everything down to Nat King Cole. <laughs> you know, you got Rudy Valley. Interesting. Thing, Rudy Valley with his megaphone at the time. So. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. So, and Elena, we're so glad that you're with us today. I'm feeling better and home. Yes, I'm seeing, they say, prayers for your recovery Mm -hmm. Um, from, I'm, it Uh, just keeps cutting out. That's so fun. Well, at least you can hear me. That's the important part. That's the important part. I probably won't be able to cut and paste links, Pam. Uh, You just let me know and I'll see what I can do. Mm-hmm. If yeah. not, we'll we'll uh, we'll add them in. Somewhere. We'll figure we'll figure it out. Yeah, I may try. So we another thing. Brenda's saying, "Oh, I'm glad to hear all went well. Speedy recovery and lots of hugs." Absolutely. So, Elena, you're getting hugs from New Orleans and from all over all the place. Over the place. So, our news from the the world of SR is. They're starting to film, going to be starting to film Redemption uh, soon. And he's going to be hosting some giveaways on social media. So please stay tuned for that. Also, the publisher notified SI that the ebook for Gable's Promise is on sale for $1.99 across all platforms. Yes, that was actually news that just hit yesterday. SR sent us a separate email um, later in the morning. To say, I just heard this. I wanted to make sure we shared the news with our readers. So I know most of you who are listening have read Promise. But mm-hmm. if you have a friend you want to share a Promise with, it's an awesome opportunity. Absolutely. Absolutely. $1.99 is a great That's a great deal. buy, yeah. And I'm actually, I was actually thinking I want to go into the Passion Flicks uh, chats and, and let people in passion flicks and passion flicks members. I don't know, Pat, Brenda, you might want to do the same. Any of you who are very active with the passionista crew to let them know mm-hmm. that if they want to know what's next after 
uh, redemption, they can grab this book. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, it, all the different little passion flicks groups, are, and I think the founding members group would be good to have it in there too. Yes, I so, definitely so want to put that in that. there. And I'm seeing that Betty noted with the Queen's death, I can't help but wonder in SR's world, who is the head of the vampire throne in the underworld? <laughs> I don't think we have to worry about that because, you know, human, vampire, just it's two different worlds that they try to keep apart as much as possible. <laughs> and Brenda's on it. She already had it posted on her page. Very I know cool. that, Brenda. You are on it. On fire. I love it. On fire. And Black Lab Lady said, saw that, got three friends ordering. They had the first three. They just didn't have promise. Yay. Cool. Yay. That is great, Elena. My gosh, you're in your recovery from your surgery. And, and you already got friends. Already <laughs> got three books, three friends signed up. Oh, it is such a good price. It is. It is. I think I, I actually think I have my own personal doctor signed up now, too. So maybe we can get Dr. Elizabeth and uh, Dr. Megan together. <laughs> I love it. I love it. That is so good. So Cheryl has joined us also. So welcome. Wonderful. Welcome. Yeah, it's so interesting. I can't see the list of people. Well, but I can see the chat. Well, you're still not listed in there either. So <laughs> as being online. Well, believe it or not. I know it keeps I I keep trying. That's All okay. Right. That's okay. As long as I can see I should, you know what? I might just shut down. And um, and then Ellie says the Roman was on in charge, and uh, William is up there. <laughs> <laughs> William yeah, must be involved. I bet William has his own ideas about the passing of Queen Elizabeth the two. I'm huh? sure. I'm sure he has some comments to make about her. Yes, you know we, that's something we should have asked SR. Absolutely. What their thoughts can were. At some point. <laughs> so, in keeping with the theme, we wanted to celebrate Queen Elizabeth this week, uh, her life, and how it connects to Canada, actually, since Canada is a Commonwealth country, and of course, somewhere in the Great White North is where our infamous or famous author lives. Yes. <laughs> I, and we thought the connection home. was compelling enough to devote the podcast to a little exploration about Queen Elizabeth II herself and and how the crown impacts and has impacted Canadian history and impacts Canadians to this day. Mm -hmm. um, it is an element and it is reflective of who SR is as a person and as an author. So we kind of wanted to explore that a little bit this week. Um, as we uh, prepare and transition from, from promise, promise to Gabriel's Redemption. To, yes, we are announcing today mm -hmm. that we will begin the read of Gabriel's Redemption with a very special podcast mm -hmm. next week, week. New time, not a new time, a special time for the kickoff on Sunday at 
6 p.m. Eastern. September 25th, Sunday evening, U.S. New York time at 6 p.m. With our very special guests, our podcast sisters from other misters, mm-hmm. Betty and Perling. Yes. So Pearl, we are very hopeful Perling's going to be able to join us. Uh, Gabriel, it just would not be right to start a new book without our Gabriel fan podcast pastors joining us. Um, so chapter one of Redemption on Sunday the 25th. Mark your calendars. Spread the word. Well, I'll be creating some stuff to put out there um, on social media. And I know Betty always does great edits, too. So we want to we want to encourage everybody to join. Uh, SR's wish was for us to go in that direction as the filming of Redemption is starting this fall. He really wanted the book to be covered as the film was being made. So. <laughs> what are you laughing? I'm about, laughing. Man? Well, number one, I'm laughing because Cheryl has had to leave us for today. She has some church things that's gone on, so she'll listen later and she'll join us next week. So good luck to you on that, Cheryl. Yes. Um, Betty <laughs> said that Perling took the test and the quiz, and she, <laughs> she did good. <laughs> <laughs> We were wondering how Perling would did uh, did, and for those of you who weren't able to join us for the birthday podcast celebrating Claire last week, mm-hmm. uh, Betty's quiz on for the record books. She yes, she they are, and we were wondering how Perling would do. So, um, Bre- Brenda's doing this in uh, her on her book club, and Ashley's in her book club, and. Uh, three. There are three different book clubs doing the same book, so it's nice having all the different perspectives. Right, and Emmer Zoom. Let's not forget Emmer Zoom That's has right. been uh, doing this. And uh, <laughs> yes, Perling said. Uh, Betty said Perling got two answers wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and yes, I love it. Really, uh, really good. The more talking about this beautiful. St- next chapter in the story of Gabriel and Julia, the better, in my opinion. Right. Absolutely. So we're going to take our turn. Uh, just, you know, again, mark the calendars um, for the 25th, 6 p.m. Eastern time, New York time. And uh, hopefully you can join us. It's going to be a good time. And we're going to now turn our attention to, to the, queen. the queen and there's some really interesting facts I credit Pam for pulling um, a lot of the research for today um, getting things together it's really really great and I, I agree Brenda Brenda says I could talk about this book every day mm-hmm. I, I almost do talk about one of one of these books every day I think Um well, just, I, I, you, just to give you a cute story, I talked to my sister last night. She's uh, My sister took vacation the week after Labor Day and ended up being COVID positive, and, she and, her, and then her husband was positive. So they're all in quarantine in the Pocono Mountains. 
What a and, nice and place to have to quarantine. That now. is true. That is true. And I think she's due back. Actually, she's coming home tomorrow. But good. She said they said they're both feeling better. But in the meantime, she was she was feeling so lousy and everything. And I said to her, "We well, you know, Patty. You can borrow my Passion Flicks pet password if you want." And I, I said, "Not that you have to watch." The original movies, especially the two that your sister are in, because I do have the other movies on there. And she laughs. So she called me last night to let me know that they're coming home tomorrow morning and uh, uh, said, uh, oh, by the way, I watched those movies. <laughs> and then she just laughed. Oh. <laughs> so... Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's I, great. I can't wait to see what she says, too. So, but we'll, I we'll figure that out. I can't wait to hear. I can't wait to hear. That's great news. <sighs> and also great news. I see Anna's wishing us a good morning. And 91's team took second place. Excellent. Two sticks. Oh, my gosh, Anna. Scored three from a shop in Texas for $675, a savings of about 200 after shipping. Are we crazy? <laughs> Not at um, all. <laughs> hey, not when it comes to saving, When you're saving $200, you are not crazy. You're crazy smart by doing that. Um, but, uh, the gear for hockey, the gear for figure skating, that is not an inexpensive no, sport. And not I, at all. It's, it's, uh. There's a lot of love that goes into that, and you are, um, I just love your passion for your, and supporting Sweet 91, so mm -hmm. that's, that's awesome. Great job. And uh, I'm laughing because Betty says, I could talk about Paul every day. That's very true, <laughs> and you do. <laughs> and Elena said, you're just dedicated, Anna, which is as it should be. And Betty says, your sister finally knows she is living with a movie star. Well, you know, <laughs> we, try, we try to keep it low-key. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you have the right aesthetic, Pam. That's right. And the, and the vibe is good. And, it's and your not vibe cringe. is good. No cringe. <laughs> so. Oh, and Anna's noting it's 91 senior year, Aww. which is great. Yeah, so they... Uh, and uh, so hoping everybody has their cup of coffee ready or in the queen's case she always drank earl tea. gray tea exactly she's the oldest reigning she was the oldest reigning monarch and the second longest reign in history um under the queen elizabeth second reign mm -hmm. um the first longest reign uh was king louis the, the 14th of France is the, the longest reigning King. monarch. Now, Queen Elizabeth II was the longest reign in British monarch history, history mm -hmm. um, which is impressive considering some of the monarchs. <laughs> but he's asking no, no bodyguards for Pam? <laughs> no, we try to keep it under the radar here. So. Yes, you know, Pam, we actually, in honor of the Queen, we should have had tea. Well. You and I both should have done tea. Well, I, I do have some English breakfast tea that I can put into the coffee. But as I told, <laughs> as I told <laughs> Leslie when when I called her, <laughs> I overslept this morning a lot. <laughs> Pam never over. Pam's always up early, early, early. Yeah. What my, time did you wake up, Pam? Share it with the podcast land. Eight oh five. 
<laughs> yeah. For some people, that's not late, but for me, that I'm usually up anywhere between four and seven in the morning. Yeah, that's a, that's a you needed the rest. That's good. Yep. See, Elena has tea in hand. Betty's Betty already, already had, two, had cups. two cups of tea this morning. I, I was going to say, I know Betty has tea. Um, she's Betty is one of our tea drinkers, mm-hmm. and. <laughs> Betty wants to know what happened. What were you doing? <laughs> Nothing. <laughs> Sleeping, period. Getting cozy uh, with my boo-boo. Since I, since I have a queen-size bed, and when Walter sleeps with me, I have about six inches of the queen-size bed because <laughs> he has the rest. Because <laughs> he's sleeping right up beside me. Yes. So, anyway. Well, Pam, uh, Betty said that is late, but sometimes sleep is good. And mm-hmm. Shell, oh, I feel for you, Shell. She said she woke up at 2.30 a.m. Pacific mm. time. Oof. You must be tired already. And as Betty notes, team tea team for tea. me. So passing you all the tea this morning. Um, we're passing it. We're not spilling it. That's correct. Um, yeah, maybe a little, but not much. Maybe a little. Tea for the win, Shell says. Mm-hmm. And Boo Boo is royalty, Betty notes. Yes, so, she is. So Queen Elizabeth II was born April 21st, 1926, to the Duke and Duchess of York in the Mayfair section of London. Upon her birth, she was third in line for the throne. In 1936, her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated the throne to marry the woman he loved. And this then made her parents, King George VI and Queen Elizabeth, as her father was next in line for the throne. The mom was so, Queen Consort. <laughs> yes, Queen Consort. Uh-huh. And, you know, that was a very interesting period of time. There's the tie in to... Uh, the American who King Edward VIII left the throne for. Oh yeah, uh, Wallace Simpson, the infamous Wallace Simpson of the Baltimore, infamous, <laughs> yes, Maryland, the, the divorcee of Baltimore, Maryland. But I mean, that really shifted their entire existence. Mm-hmm. Um, still, you know, a, a fictionalized version of that time was the the King's speech. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've not seen that film, it's just a brilliant film. Um, and the crown and, was also very good at, at fictional, well, dramatizing. Yes. Not fictionalizing, yes. but dramatizing. Yes. Because there is a difference. There is. So she married Philip Mountbatten um, in November of 1947. So, you know, she had quite an interesting childhood um, during, uh, and and as she was growing up, you know, she, um, during World War II, she and her sister Margaret would remain at Windsor for the war, even after it was suggested they evacuate to Canada or somewhere else. Um, At 14, she spoke on the BBC Children's Hour regarding the evacuation of children. We are all trying to do what we can to help our gallant sailors, soldiers, and airmen, and we are trying to to bear our own share of the danger and sadness of war. We know, every one of us, that in the end, all will be well. 
1944, at the age of 18, she became, with Parliament's change law, one of five counselors to her father, who was traveling before the war ended. She also trained as a driver and mechanic and became an honorary junior commander in the British Armed Forces. And that was something I did not realize. Mm-hmm. I did not know that piece of uh, history about her. Yeah. I knew she was very active during World War II um, well, and, and post-war. And if you've ever um, seen the movie The Queen with Helen Mirren, yes, does a really good job at, at being the queen there. Yeah. Um, she she's she's up at Balmoral, Balmoral being her favorite spot in the whole wide world to get away from things. And she's going through like a, a creek bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. And the and the axle broke on her <laughs> on her car. She was by herself, mm-hmm. and she so she was able to get a hold of somebody back at the back at the ranch, so to speak, to come and get her. He says she's you know. I can fix it. I just don't have this particular part. It was funny the way she said it. <laughs> so. I love it. I love it. Um, and they had, um, Philip and Elizabeth had four children. Mm-hmm. Charles III, um, born November 14th. Um, Charles, Philip, Arthur, George. Mm-hmm. As we all remember from that royal wedding. Yes. Uh, and Princess Royal. Uh, April 15th, 1950, Anne Elizabeth, Alice Louise, um, Prince have, Andrew, Duke of York, and I have in the February. Date. I have the year wrong on him. Yes, I figured. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Andrew Albert. 1960, let's just say. 1960. I was thinking it might be this 10 year, because I knew there was a gap between the mm-hmm. two. And then Prince Edward, Earl of Wessex, March 10th, 1964. So both Charles and Anne were actually born before she ascended to the crown. And then Andrew and Edward were born after because she was ascended to the throne in 1952 upon the death of her father. And at the time, uh, she learned of it when she was traveling in Africa. And, you know, she's lived and she ruled over a very interesting period of time, right? She was in the the wartime, prior to the war, wartime. Um, there were many technological firsts during her time as queen. Her coronation was televised. She sent the first email in the country. And she also sent the first tweet of a royal, among other things. And um, I'm looking at the, I'm looking into the chat. Um, and <laughs> Betty wants to know. Betty, yes, wanted to know if Wallace Simpson and uh, they did. They were, I thought they remained married. They yes. remained married um, until I think he died first. Yeah, and he was Uncle David, uh, known as David to the family, and uh, he, um, you know, he had to give up the throne for the. I can't. I'm trying. I just the sound of his voice when he said I gave up the crown for the woman I love yes he was also a big Nazi sympathizer which yeah there was a lot of consternation with that yeah yeah uh, uh, Mountbatten became their um, anglicized name because Mountbatten was actually their last names was actually Battenberg Mm. from Germany Mm. and uh, because of Everything going on with with Germany, I think even with World War One, 
is when they switched it from Battenberg to Mountbatten. That I didn't know either. Yeah. I knew I knew that I knew Mountbatten. I knew they had used that name, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, th- that's a fascinating and and you know we all were romance lovers, right? So mm-hmm. it's kind of amazing that the the crown would be tossed aside for the woman he loved. You know, it's uh, also a great escape route if you want to get out of that that life of uh, duty. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's I, I I think it's it's kind of it's easy to romanticize that. Uh, the romance, yeah, and the romance itself apparently in the <clears throat> beginning was was pretty heavy duty, and and I, I'm not sure how it ended as well. I mean, they were pretty much cut off from the family, right? Um, after he left, and there was a, you know one of the problems with with Charles that Charles had with marrying. Um, uh, Camilla now was because they they had been they they went out together for a long time long before he met Diana and he wasn't allowed to marry her so there's a lot of different weird parallels that happened with Margaret and with her marriage what she wanted and that kind of stuff yeah it's 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 pretty interesting history and but he says nothing worse than giving up the throne for love and then the relationship ending in a big mess but in this case it didn't um, Anna says she's going to be up early tomorrow, ladies. Uh, G&G, ladies breakfast, pumpkin waffle concoction. Very mm-hmm. jealous. Mm-hmm. Just think of us enjoying your deliciousness. I would, I, I do like pumpkin waffles. I know SR is not the fan of the pumpkin, but I, I do like some pumpkin things. So that's one of them. So enjoy that. Um, good morning, Diana. Hello. Hello, hello. Um, yes, and I love the fact that uh, Betty noted, uh, you know, with the Queen's training um, as a mechanic and a junior honorary commander and driver, that's why the Queen was a badass. Tough she was. and smart. <laughs> she, Betty also notes she doesn't know how to drive, so she's looseless with the car. <laughs> well, hey, maybe listen. you could train to be a mechanic, Betty, just like the Queen. <laughs> I was I was not allowed to get my driver's license until I knew how to change a tire, mm-hmm. and and I'll tell you what it came in very beneficial a couple times. Yeah, yep, me too. My dad that that was one thing he made sure I knew how to change a tire. But mm-hmm. subsequently, it's gotten harder to uh, loosen the lug nuts. That's true. That is you know true. a lot of times I know how to do it. I just can't physically. Yeah, because you know, I need to beef up my yeah. upper body strength. Um, yeah, in terms of the film, the Queen Anna noted Helen Mirren played the part so well. Can you believe I still haven't seen that? That's on my list of things to see. Oh my god, that was so good! And I love Helen Mirren, she mm-hmm. is just talk about a badass. That is, she is fantastic, so good. Um, Brenda noted when she was younger, she was shocked to find out. That she married her distant cousin, which I know that was very mm-hmm. popular back in the day. Especially with royalty. Yeah. That's yeah. why, I don't know if any of you ever have watched Bill Maher. Um, he, you know, he, he constantly refers to them, to the inbreds. Yes, yes. Because a lot there was a lot of uh, cousins marrying cousins, especially throughout Europe during in monarch, different monarchies. Yes. Well, and Shell said, I think what he did was best for the monarchy. If he couldn't give his all and be happy with it, imagine what the years would have been like. She's right. 
Um, <laughs> and it says, check out their Facebook pick and drool. Oh, Absolutely. I will. Elizabeth II was blessed to have been able to have both, Shell said. And, and, and Elena, <laughs> Shell said her love and the throne is what right. she and I, I agree. I think that's a remarkable life right there. Mm -hmm. Elena said, Pam, our dads must have conversed. Tires and how to change the oil for me. Yes, that's I, exactly right. I had that instruction too, Elena. I did not have that instruction. I did watch my father do it every now and mm -hmm. then. And he also, Actually, he also gave himself his own tune-ups. I remember he had some timing thing and... Mm -hmm. Well, actually, I didn't have to. No, I wasn't changing oil. I just had to learn how to check the oil. Let me be clear. I didn't have to. He didn't do the whole changing the oil thing. But, yeah, definitely had to learn. And I had to learn on an, uh, a gear shift, a five-speed. I, I learned on uh, a Volkswagen Beetle. I could not. I He said, you need to learn how to drive any kind of car in case you, you or you have a boyfriend who drives a fancy sports car. You won't be able to drive it if you don't know how to do. Um, how to shift the gears. Yep. And I'm so glad I did because I've driven some fun cars. <laughs> I, even, I even learned how to, to uh, if you're start your car on a hill without turning the key, without, you know, using the uh -huh. starter, popping the clutch. <laughs> yep. So <laughs> Betty says, I'm from New York. As long as we know which train or bus to take, we can get around without a car. Very true. Public and, transit is the way to go, frankly, Betty. And Anna's always wondered if the royals can ever truly have a downtime moment in private. And also agrees cars are definitely expensive and unnecessary in New York. And <laughs> she only knew who her dad's mechanic was. <laughs> well, that, that's true. I knew, didn't know who they were. Yeah. So and Elena said for her, it was a Chevy Nova standard stick. Yep. Standard H. Up, down, yep. Over and down again. Yep, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So, Pam, I, I know you had researched uh, and came across a pretty good funny story about I the did. Queen. You want to share that she, one? You know, she had a very good sense of humor. And she, apparently, she liked to do a lot of silly things with people. And one of the, her big things was at Christmas time, they didn't give gift gifts mm -hmm. as a family. They gave joke gifts, like... I think I, I read one time where, and this a while ago, that one of the, I might have been either William or Harry or, or maybe one, one of uh, Princess Anne's kids had given her a whoopee cushion for Christmas. I mean, that's kind oh, of gosh. stuff that they would do. Okay. So anyway, so she's, you know, she was around 2010 and she and her personal protection officer, Dick Griffin, were walking around the remote hills around Balmoral. Uh, she was they, I think she'd been stuck in the house for a while and she wanted to go for a picnic or whatever. So they're walking around and she, they, she, said, she said they saw a couple walking from an opposite direction. And as they came closer, they stopped to chat. Uh, Griffin recalls that there were two hikers coming towards us and the queen would always stop and say hello. Uh, they told them that they were, there were two Americans on walking holiday. Being off-duty and walking through the hills, the queen was dressed down in her usual low-key country attire, a barber jacket, wellington boots, and a headscarf. And it was clear from the first moment we stopped that they hadn't recognized the queen, uh, which was fine. And the American gentleman was telling, um, 
the queen where they were from and where they were going to next and where they'd been in Britain. And she's like, uh, I could see it coming. Sure enough, he said to her majesty, where do you live? And she replied, well, I live in London, but I've got a holiday home just the other side of the hills. Then he asked her, how long have you been coming up here? She replied, oh, I've been coming here since I was a little girl, so more than 80 years. And he's, he said you could see the clock, the cogs whirling. And so, so then he asked her, well, if you've been coming here for more than 80 years, you must have met the queen. <laughs> I love it. And quick as a flash, Her Majesty said, well, I haven't met her, but Dick here meets her regularly. So the guy asked me in excitement, you met the queen? What's she like? And because I'd worked for Her Majesty for a long time, I knew I could pull her leg. I said, oh, she can be very cantankerous at times, but she's got a lovely sense of humor. <laughs> the next thing I knew, because I, I had met it. the queen, the guy gets his camera out, hands it to Her Majesty, and puts it, his hand around her, my shoulder and asks, can you take a picture of us, the two of us? <laughs> Can you imagine? I love it. <laughs> so then they swap places, and he says, I took a picture of them with the queen. <laughs> and we never let on, and we waved goodbye, and they walked along their way. And Her Majesty turned around and said to him, I'd love to be a fly on the wall when he shows those photographs to his friends in America. Hopefully someone will tell him who I am. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was uh, just. Uh, it's so great. Uh, Lena said she watched his interview on that while she was in the mm -hmm. hospital. Mm -hmm. Too funny. Brighten mm -hmm. my day. She was such a hoot, she said. She and Betty's like, oh my God, that's funny. And she, and Anna, super, I'm sorry I can't make the comment in the, in the chat box today because her first car was a new 73 Mustang Mach 1 with a 352 Cleveland mm -hmm. engine. I'm, I'm, I am not I'm jealous, jealous at all there, Anna. Not Holy cow, what a car. That's awesome. <laughs> 1968 Volkswagen Beetle, standard shift. I drove that until 1983. Oh, I love it. I love it. Can you imagine, though, can you imagine going back from your holiday in London? Showing, showing and, pictures. Again. And Scotland and yeah. showing your friends pictures and saying the story. And they're like, oh. That guy actually met the queen mm -hmm. and he said she was a little cantankerous, but has a good sense of humor. Mm -hmm. And then people are looking at the photo and like, um, yeah, she really has a good sense of humor because oh that was the queen. So, <laughs> so he also, he, he also, he's, he's talked to this story many times. He's been on Sky TV. I know this past week when they were going through all the televised portions of uh, the queen and Balmoral and coming down and all. He was there, he they, he was there a couple times. It's also it was also in a BBC doc, TV documentary, and as well as um, it's on YouTube. So right. Well, and I you know there's there's a lot of good around the Queen. Um, there's been a lot of joyful things around the Queen having that 70th uh, anniversary of her. Ju her 70th jubilee of of rule and and recognizing that she's the longest standing uh monarch in british history mm -hmm. um and she has uh you know with with the joy and the positivity 
There have been controversies along the way about the monarchy or as the and B- about uh, monarchs and colonialism in general. Or as um, the uh, BBC um, commentators or the British commentators go, controversies, not controversy. Controversies <laughs> or whatever it is, but it's, it's, a, it's different. Anyway. <laughs> I know they announce it. They, they have a, a different accent mm-hmm. on it. Um, so monarchy is dealt with colonialism, has been colonialists for centuries, mm-hmm. and today there are still some who hold them accountable for a lot of atrocities, yeah. slavery, genocide, intolerance, etc. And you know, I know Pam has some takes on this. Yeah, I, I you know, like many of us from. Uh, that have come to this country in the, you know, there were, as immigrants, there were different reasons. My family came into, from from Ireland in the 1800s, mid-1800s, obviously around famine times. So you could consider me famine Irish, although we didn't settle in New York, we settled in, they settled in Philadelphia and all. Um, But the troubles for them go way back. And it's a double-edged sword, especially in Ireland right now with, Brexit, uh, they want to make sure that the borders are open still between Ireland and Northern Ireland. Uh, with, because when, when, the, when Great Britain left the European Union, they, they don't have the open border that they supposedly were to have. So there's still a lot of trouble going on with that. But these troubles go way back to the Battle of the Boyne in the 1600s. And, uh, and a lot of it has to do with religion. And, uh, you know, and it, it went on even up and through the 1990s when the uh, peace accords were put together. Um, at the turn of the 20th century, the Irish wanted to be independent. And there was all kinds of craziness that went on with, with that. Uh, there was a big battle in 1916 in, in Dublin. And if you were ever in Dublin, if you go to the, Dub- the big old library or uh, post office in Dublin, you can still see the um, where the bullets hit the building, the stone in the building, mm. um, and you know you can if you want to get that kind of history, you can go watch Michael Collins, uh, the movie with Liam Neeson. It gives a pretty well-rounded look at, at the Irish side. Um, people, religion again, as I said, was a big factor, and it wasn't until. Um, 1829 that the Irish were allowed to practice their Catholicism because everybody connected with the United Kingdom had to practice be in the Church of England especially in those days from from Henry VIII on and uh, Daniel O'Connell who was was known as a liberator he was a uh, parliamentarian in England that was allowed got this to go through their parliament um, Again, the famine comes along and everybody, you know, a lot of people leave. Uh, uh, Disraeli, who was, I believe, at the um, prime minister for Queen, Queen Victoria at the time, she, he was over in, in the Dublin area and he's like, all these people, they, they should be working. Yeah. A lot of the same type of commentary you hear today on the negative and the positive sides of things. Um, about people working or not working and, and what have you. Um, and it was, you know, it, that just 
what escalated everything. Uh, he, uh, so Michael Collins, Edmund D. Valeria, and Patrick Pierce were the ones that uh, got at least 26 counties of the 32 counties in Ireland to become the Republic, and the other six went back to Great Britain, that's Northern Ireland. Um, the IRA, which was the Irish Republican Army, he, they actually started a terrorist campaign, which, as did the UDL, which is the Ulster Defense League, in, into the areas of Northern Ireland, where if you saw the movie Belfast, you, you can see where that comes about. Oh, yeah. Uh, in there. Um, but the IRA was also known for blowing up a boat in County Sligo with uh, Lord Dickie Mountbatten, who was, uh, he guided Prince Charles in a lot of respects. Prince Charles, or now King Charles, considered him a father figure. And he was also very close to Prince Philip. Right. That was, a, I think, a really, tr that I remember as being, that really was such a massive news story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that really rocked, I know, that the royal family, and especially, I'm sure, Charles, because he was the Lord Mountbatten was such a mentor and such a close figure to him. So, but I think, Pam, I think that, you know, I, the story of Ireland is so uh, representative of many of the other colonial experiences. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was not easy there. And um, there's a story on CNN.com about the cloud of colonialism hanging over her legacy in Africa. Mm -hmm. I mean, there was some uh, true atrocities um, that came in Kenya in particular. Mm -hmm. um, it was under British rule in 1895, became a colony in 1920. Mm -hmm. um, and was there on that way until 1963. Mm -hmm. um, there was an uprising in 52, the Mama uprising, which was actually the year Queen Elizabeth ascended to the throne. And at that time, there was extreme acts of torture, um, detainment camps, mm -hmm. um, elderly Kenyans who sued for compensation in 2011 were ultimately awarded nearly 20 million pounds in a British court mm -hmm. um, because of these atrocities. And at the, the time, the, the government did recognize that they were subject to torture and ill treatments. And mm -hmm. they, the government issued the apology at the abuses took place. Um, and it, 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 so it leaves a really fragmented, you know, on the one hand, people did love the queen. On the other hand, this was a very painful um, history. And, the, you know, uh, one of the people interviewed said the queen's legacy, a professor, um, Farouk Kaperogi at Kennesaw State University, the leg queen's legacy started in colonialism and is still wrapped in it. It used to be said that the sun did not set over the British Empire no amount of compassion or sympathy that her death has generated can wipe that away, no. he said. But while many African leaders have mourned her passing, um, you know, some have not. It's it's been very, uh, you know, it's been a tumultuous, a reminder of the tumultuous past mm -hmm. um, that they've had. 
um, in, in the African continent and again, in, in many of the other colonies. And, and, and I think that's something that we all grapple with a lot of the governments grapple with to this mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's something that is a part of the history. And as Anna pointed out, there's a professor from uh, Carnegie University mm -hmm. uh, that is talking about her distaste for the queen. And, and she was, she's been on numerous programs, I think CNN in particular this past week and a half. And, mm -hmm. and you know, people were like outraged that she would even say this while the family was mourning. Mm -hmm. Well, but it is part of her legacy. And, yes. You know, I mean, and, you know, even with us, uh, with Canada and the United States, we're part of that legacy. Right. Right. And, you know, one of the mentions in the story, you know, said, you know, when colonialism was crumbling and gave way to independence and self-rule, um, former colonies became part of the Commonwealth group of nations with the queen at its head. And she worked tirelessly to keep, to keep the group together over the years. She did forge bonds with African leaders, including Nelson Mandela, whom she visited twice in South Africa, and Kwame Nkrumah, with whom she was famously pictured during, dancing, dancing during her yeah. visit to Ghana in 1961. So there is, you know, there's a lot to be said in that, you know, mm -hmm. with the, grappling with that. Um, and Charles, now King Charles, um, will be continuing the, the work. Um, they noted that he was in Rwanda in June. Mm -hmm. He became the first UK royal to visit Rwanda, where he's representing the queen at the head of government's meeting. Mm -hmm. And they're now going to embark on a new relationship uh, with its members. One of the things I found fascinating that I heard this week is that when um, when Charles ascended to the throne, now all the Commonwealth countries because have to decide whether they want to be republics or Commonwealths. Right, right, and and they did. The article also noted that a third of the African countries are still common in part of the Commonwealth. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, this also can be a, a time. Of, there's going to be a time of change with this change of monarch mm -hmm. because it does give them that opportunity to, to re-examine what status each country wants to be in. Mm -hmm. So it's really fascinating. Um, it is. It is quite fascinating. You know, uh, she has, as we noted, uh, presided over many countries. Mm -hmm. The Some of them, uh, as I noted, had become independent republics. Um, there are probably 16 or 17 Commonwealth countries, and one of those countries is the homeland of our beloved author, Canada. Mm -hmm. So a little bit about Canada and how this kind of weaves in. See what we're doing? We're bringing all things back to SR. Because <laughs> that's what we do. <laughs> that's what we do. Um, and... Settlements in Canada were actually founded by French, um, as many of you know, um, Canadian history. The French were there in the 1500s. Um, settlements were founded by French explorers 
um, in terms of colonial settlements, uh, not rec- you know, this is not talking about the First Nation, the independent mm-hmm. um, native populations who were there. But French explorers settled in 1534, such as Doc Cartier from the Jesuit missionaries. There were fur traders. There were several different groups who settled there, uh, much like uh, the other, the story of the other settlers the in the Americas. Yeah. Wow, the Americas in general, North That's and true. South America. Um, first visitors were the Vikings who came into the maritime provinces before Columbus. And the French, Dutch, German, Scandinavian, English, Scottish, and Irish really were the the primary groups that moved to the New World. Um, During the 1700s, the British and French battled for control over North America. Um, So that, I know, was a huge piece of Canadian history, Mm -hmm. um, especially since the French explorers were there and were pretty established uh, as the British came in. Um, In 1759, after the Battle of the Plains of Abraham and Quebec City, New France was turned over to the British, and it became a haven for loyalists to the crown during the American Revolution. See, Walter feels very strongly about this part of uh, Canadian history. (laughs) It became a haven for loyalists to the crown during the American Revolution, and that um, really ended the dominance um, of the crown in North America. In 1791, the provinces of Canada signed the Constitutional Act, splitting Quebec into Upper Canada, which was Ontario, and its name actually became Canada. They formed legislatures while still remaining loyal to the monarchy, uh, unlike the the neighbors to the south who fought and gained independence from the monarchy. So they were also the first to abolish slavery in 1793. Upper Canada, led by Lieutenant Governor John Graves Simcoe, a loyalist military officer, became the first province in the empire to move towards abolition. Mm -hmm. Simcoe had a great reputation for that. Yeah, yeah. He he was well known for being an abolitionist and working to end slavery. And a little bit of an American reference on that, that was the French-Indian War. Yes. That was the French and the British where they fought over that. So yep. that way, you know, some of us who might remember our elementary school history. <laughs> yes. Pam could rattle things off from elementary schools. She studied uh, this. Um, I, well, Jacques Cartier was my explorer in fifth grade. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, anyway, he was found at the St. Lawrence river. Yes, he did. Mm-hmm. And why I remember that now so many years later is beyond me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it is. And actually where we live in Pennsylvania, you know, there were some battles, if I'm recalling my history right, in the French and Indian War um, in the state. So it did did kind of. Watch the Patriot with uh, Mel Gibson. Oh, yes. Because he was a big. Mm-hmm. He, he was involved in the French Indian Wars and the British 
commander mm-hmm. who was uh, so was so brilliant, brilliantly cool mm-hmm. was um, part of that French Indian War thing too. So the yeah. Battle of Canada. So absolutely, absolutely. absolutely. And uh, so anyway, so you know, around eighteen twelve, we pesky Americans worried about our shipping lanes because there was a battle going on between Canada and the French were trying to get back from England to get back into Canada. And there was all kinds of battles that occurred and they were uh, battles around Niagara Falls and Toronto, which was known as York at that time, um, and Quebec, Quebec to name a few. And that war ended in 1814 with the British forces being the victors on the Canadian portion of that war. We all know what happened in, in the United States. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Four score, or not four square. Um, you know, my, uh, the national anthem was written by Francis Scott Key in Fort McHenry because of these battles, red glare, whatever. So, um, that, so that became, that separated actually starts the separation between Canada and the U.S. Um, in 1864 through 1867, uh, with the help of the British government, there was a confederation creating the Dominion of Canada. And this included Ontario, Quebec, New Brunswick, Nova Scotia provinces. And they would all elect their own legislatures, control their own health and education systems. And that was ratified on July 1st, 1862. And it be, that's what became known as Dominion Day. So you'll notice like in, in around our 4th of July, when we have a podcast around July 1st, we right. always try to, you know, portray Canada, well, Happy Canada Day, because in uh, eight, 1982, they changed the name from Dominion Day to Canada Day. And uh, that's when Canada actually became a self-governing dominion as opposed to be before that it was all uh controlled by by the crown yeah so they've you know they've been um you know during the american civil war is kind of when canada got its gained its independence which i think is interesting historically how that time ties up the underground railroad led all the way to canada <laughs> and Betty says, "Not to be confused, not with, to be confused no. with Minion." <laughs> right, Dominion Day, not Minion Day. <laughs> to be clear, <laughs> right. And Betty's asking if we're getting tested after this. No, Betty, there do you want to develop a quiz? There will be a quiz. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Anna also noticed that this professor from Carnegie Mellon uh, had hoped that the Queen suffered a painful, horrible death. <laughs> Talking about being a little bit angry. Um, well, and, and Elena had noted it, that really is, you know, her, she was just saying that's terrible. I just can't comprehend how anyone would wish such a thing. I understand the issues she's passionate about, mm-hmm. but to publicly state such a cruel thing's not acceptable. Yeah. That will haunt her for a long time. Because I, can, I, I am sure that there are a lot of Irish you know, when I look at um, a couple of Irish newspapers I read, um, I get, you get the feeling that it's like a double-edged sword that they're finally walking on. Right. With this. 
Yeah. Well, look, it's, it's, you know, you're dealing with the sins of, of the of past, the past. And even sins of the present in some instances. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I think the key, as many of the atrocities, I mean, that CNN story I was citing about some of the atrocities in Kenya and Africa, I mean, horrific stuff. You know, I, I'm, I'm, this is reckoning back to a man in the black suit, right? Mm -hmm. The, you know, is, is it an eye for an eye? Is, is that what we need to do? You know, exactly. why, why? fight by why reward violence or violent concepts with violence you want to we, we want to rise above that, above we, that. we why you know it, it recognize the horror mm -hmm. but don't perpetuate the horror mm -hmm. so anyway so. dominion day is now canada day july 1st mm -hmm. so I, I think it might be fun one year to like go up above the border and celebrate Canada, Canada Day, Day hey, and then come down. Hey, Fiddlesticks has a big festival. <laughs> or I guess in Niagara Falls, you could be on the American you side of the falls sides, yeah. um, for the fourth. You can start in Canada and move down. Mm -hmm. Go down into New York. That could be fun. That could be a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Anywhere along the northern border would be fun with that. Um yeah, so, you know, and, and as I said previously, with now that uh, Charles has ascended to the throne, the, a lot of these uh, commonwealths will decide whether they're going to be republic or, or not. I believe I heard, like, the day that Charles ascended to the throne, when he, they were talking about it on the news, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau has already signed, has signed them up as a commonwealth. So there's still an allegiance to the crown. I think, concerned. and I think that's an interesting prospect, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I think that's interesting. He's already come out ahead and said that. Mm -hmm. uh, what do Canadians eat on Canada Day? A lot of bacon, um, butter tarts, no. <laughs> poutine. Poutine. Uh, no, I don't know. I don't know if there's a tradition thing. I, you do know, you know I, Jim? I've asked SR butter a tarts? couple of times. I've asked SR a couple of times, what do you do? You know, like. You know, here in the States, you have barbecue, hot dogs, hamburgers, chicken, sausage, That's whatever. Right. And it's pretty much the same. They celebrate pretty much the same with the fireworks and a few beers or two mm -hmm. or 20. And, um, you know, just like, just basically the same way we celebrate our independence. Yes. Yes. And we asked SR um, uh, several questions regarding... Um, how the crown um, and the queen, uh, yes, road trip, Elena, I totally mm -hmm. agree with that. Absolutely. Um, so we asked, um, what should fans know about Canada and its relationship to the crown? Mm -hmm. And he says, Canada is a parliamentary democracy and our two house parliament is modeled on the English one. We have a Senate made up of members appointed by the Prime Minister rather than a House of Lords. Mm -hmm. um, the Prime Minister is the head of government, but the Queen was the head of state. Mm -hmm. So now Charles III is the head of state. And I remember, oh, we also asked him about... Um, Walter is very it, opinionated about that. I know. Walter is very opinionated on this. Um, we had asked him also about part of 
how this affects um, people on a on a daily basis. You know, does this affect people on a daily basis? And he noted, you know, the queen has been on all of our currencies since she ascended the throne. She's on many of our stamps as well, and he expects the new currency will now have Charles III on it. And uh, another question um, we asked him, <laughs> Walter feels very strongly <laughs> about Canada. He does. Um, he doesn't he have said, his passport yet, though. No, well, you got to get that for him, Pam. Yeah, I know. <laughs> As a Canadian who pledges allegiance to the Queen and not to a piece of cloth, as Canada's official website noted, which I thought was a great snarky comment skewering the U.S.'s mm-hmm. pledge, pledge to the flag. to the flag, yeah. I really did. I laughed out loud when I read that on Canada's website. <laughs> if you go on the website, I'm sorry I can't put the link in today, Was guys. Is it Canada.gov? It's Canada.ca, yeah. I think. Um, it, 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 it was pretty funny. Um, so as someone who pledges allegiance to the Queen, has that act, mindset, expectation continued? Or connected you to other people and governments who pledged to the Queen, like the UK and Australia and some of the others. And he notes, um, I think there is a shared identity amongst Commonwealth countries. Certainly there are similarities in forms of government and in experience. Um, we also asked SR a little bit about Canada being had been subject to the French crown before the British monarchy. Is there still strong allegiances to France in the more traditionally French regions of Canada? Um, and he noted that Quebecois are not French, as in from France, but rather a distinct society mm-hmm. and culture that is Quebecois, um, which I thought was also um, a good note. And that reminded me a bit of uh, down in your neck of the woods, Brenda with the, the, the whole Creole um, and the low okay. country, mm-hmm. um, how there's such a French influence in New Orleans and well, in see, Louisiana. They're even set up in parishes as opposed to counties. And mm-hmm. um, there is a whole unique culture. And I think, I think it's analogous to the Quebecois um, or even in Haiti um, to some of the the way the culture has merged and evolved into its own. Very Cajun here, she said. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we also asked Asar, um, thanks, Shelf, stopping by. Have a good weekend as well. Um, some could argue uh, that colonialism has good and bad outcomes. How does one grapple with the repercussions of colonialism, particularly in respect to the First Nation indigenous people? And SR noted, the monarchy, the indigenous peoples, Quebecois, Anglophones, New Canadians, etc. There are thorny issues, histories, and complex relationships in Canada that tend to reside under the surface of civil discourse. The death of Queen Elizabeth will no doubt stir up some of these thorny issues and uncomfortable conversations, but I'm hopeful that my fellow Canadians will postpone such conversations until after the funeral out of respect. Mm-hmm. So those are some it. of the thoughts from SR. You know, and the, the, 
one of the things is uh, the Quebecois people, they're also known as Quebecers mm-hmm. or, or Quebecers. <laughs> <laughs> But um, they became they they became uh, a, do, a more dominating force in the in the sixties, and from this I, these things I remember from what my husband told me because he grew up in Canada around that time. Um, that you know, they people from the Quebec, Quebec, mostly the French settlers descendants, identified themselves as Quebecois, and also Canadians. Yes. If you notice, like the hockey team, Montreal Canadiens, mm-hmm. uh, or the Habs, as some people, like our dear author, calls them. Um, but they were recognized as by, by Stephen Harper, who was a prime minister in Canada, uh, at a time when they were a nation within a united Canada. They have a flag. It's uh, got the fleur-de-lis on it. It's blue with the fleur-de-lis on it. And... Um, it's an interesting, they have a, a whole political group called Bloc Quebecois. And mm-hmm. if you've ever, since, I, since I, I am madly in love with the speak moistly to me prime minister. <laughs> um, uh, I, when he was running for election two different times, I happened to watch some of the uh, uh, debates that went on between he and the other candidates and it's not like here they don't they, their elections are so different than here because they they don't have large advertising budgets where you're constantly bombarded from the day after the prime minister is elected to the next election it's not like that right. and they and the prime minister can also reform a government if they want to and uh disband parliament which the you really could do it i could imagine Someone who was previously president saying uh, before an insurrection in January, uh, saying I disband the Congress. Mm-hmm. So that kind doesn't of work that way. Doesn't work that way here. <laughs> um, but it's uh, their their debates are really they had like six or seven people in all different parts of of Canada, and I think. The Quebecois and um, Justin Trudeau's uh, party, I, I forget what they're called. Um, they're the ones that, you know, dominate. But there are a lot of other different parties. Part of it's uh, part of the indigenous people's groups and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Anna noted that perhaps the CMU professor could learn from SR. <laughs> and she said a bit of passive aggressive from Canada. Yeah. I just laughed at the comment. I just... I, on the website, I thought it was really funny. I'm like, oh, a little, a little Canadian snark coming mm-hmm. out. <laughs> well, you know, that was I, just my interpretation, though. I'm sure they didn't um, fully intend it that way, but well, it was kind of funny. Four or five years ago, I can remember going to um, being at the Toronto Film Festival. And nice. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. If you, if anybody, if you ever get a chance to do it, go to it. It's a lot of fun. There's, it's a for the first weekend especially. There's a big because uh, it's Labor Day weekend here, and up there, and they have it's a big street party. Um, and the bit that's when the very big premieres happen that week weekend. Mm-hmm. And you can either you can if you join uh, TIFF. You've got a basic membership of like $25 or $35. 
where you were the one that can that that's able to go buy the tickets for any of the movies that are coming out. If you want a higher membership, you get better seats. I will admit that, but it, you know you can do that. But you can also stand on a red carpet line. Um, that's like across from uh, the one I went to. Actually, was across from the Princess of Wales Theater, and um, I uh, had my picture taken with. Uh, Malfoy's father <laughs> from Harry Potter. Very nice guy. <laughs> I love it. And uh, Jason Isaacs, I think his name is. And I, I saw Dev Patel. He was doing something. Hotel Mumbai was, I don't think it ever released here, to be honest. But, it, you know, just it's really interesting to have all that stuff going in there. And it's a lot, a lot, a lot of fun. So please, if you ever get the chance, do it. It's worth it. Even if you if even if you don't get into the movies, although they do have these lines, wait lines, and if you have twenty dollars, you have to have twenty dollars cash, and about uh, half an hour before the the film's supposed to start, they they start taking people from the line, and uh, you, you get to see this movie, and they they always have an, a uh, a discussion with the actors and the producers after the movie's finished. So. It's, it's cool, it really. Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were there for the uh, Stars Born the year that we went. So, oh. <laughs> it would be a great time to go, mm -hmm. definitely. But I, you know, I can remember in '72, Montreal had the Olympics. <laughs> yes, I think that's where um, Caitlyn Jenner won her decathlon gold medals as Bruce Jenner. Yes. And uh, that's also when they, I think they introduced the Canadian, the Maple Leaf Canadian flag. Because it was different before. I didn't realize that either. Mm -hmm. But that makes sense with, you know, with evolving times. Um, I'm looking in the comments and uh, Betty says, I see snarkiness is in Canadians DNA. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Black Lab Lady said, more chapters, Pam. Better get started <laughs> on those books. <laughs> and I think uh, I definitely think that would you have some good a lot of good stories to tell that's for sure Walter does too yes he does he tries to get his voice out there as often as possible yes so, so. I guess um, we'll see tomorrow or not tomorrow rather Monday Monday uh, is the final uh, I shouldn't say the final but is the services for the queen mm -hmm. um they will think... be shown live on american television i i know you know obviously bbc and, and worldwide will probably be shown i'm sure yes i am this is you know a world uh event of world historical mm -hmm. significance so i think um anyone who wishes to watch it i'm sure it's live going to be live streamed all um, the major as well. networks here, as well as the cable channels, will be streaming it. BBC, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, there, you know, just it's, there will be a lot of it all over the place. Um, well, and you know, and this is one of the many firsts, as Betty just pointed out. It's the end of an era. This yes, is one of the many firsts that her her rise to the monarchy became. I mean, she her coronation was mon uh, was televised. Right. Um, her uncle, or uh, the prime minister, her very first prime minister, Winston Churchill, 
he his funeral was, was televised. Um, I do remember as a little girl watching that actually because they had it on the news for some reason mm-hmm. here in those days. And uh, of course, the marriages of her daughter of all her children. Um, yes, you know, I don't think her her sister's marriage was. I don't think her sister's marriage was televised here in the states. I think she married uh, Anthony Armstrong Jones in the around in the sixties, early sixties. Who, by the way, no offense to the royal family, but Princess Margaret, my my, had come to Philadelphia. Um, my uncle worked for this hotel in Philadelphia called the Be- uh, Bellevue Stratford. <laughs> Another she, chapter for your book. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she stayed there. And oh, wow. my, my uncle said that she was the rudest, nastiest person she, he had ever come across. And all the dignitaries Oof. that went through that hotel, she was not the nicest of people, so... It's sad to hear. Yeah, it is sad to hear. <laughs> but anyway, I digress. So she had her own challenges, I think. Yes, she did. I mean, the fact that you know, she she met this man, speaking of, of her uncle, uncle David, um, met this man who was divorced. He was in the Royal Air Force, and, and he was uh, medal, had medals, you know, her, very heroic hero at the time. And she fell in love with him. He was 12 years older than she was. And because of her uncle, her sister said, you know, he's divorced. You can't marry him. Mm -hmm. And she sent him away. The queen sent him to, I think, uh, the Netherlands for two years. And then when he came back, uh, because at that point, I think uh, Margaret would have been 25 and she would have been able to make up her own mind at that point. Before that, Mm -hmm. she had to ask the queen's permission. Um, they, uh, you know, he, she found somebody else and she connected with, um, Anthony Armstrong Jones, who, by the way, is played by Matthew Good in The Crown. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a Matthew Good fan. I still need to watch that. And I know uh, I'm all behind on everything. A little bit, but yeah. So, I mean, it was a, it was a, she did have a tough life on that one, so. Anyway, yeah, I digress. As uh, Black Lab Lady says, um, well, Betty notes it will be a while before we get another queen. Yes, Betty, mm-hmm. it, it probably it could be centuries. It could be. You I never mean, know. You know, because uh, right now, um, obviously, William, who's become now the Prince of Wales, he has ascended. Uh, he's now second in line. His son, George, is third. His daughter, mm-hmm. Charlotte, is, is fourth, which was something that Queen Elizabeth changed so that yes. w- that women could ascend to the throne, the, el- the eldest child as opposed to the eldest male. Yep. Um, the, uh, then, then Louis, and then Harry, and then Harry's children, Archie right. and Lilibet, are also in line. But we'll see what happens, you know. And uh, as Elena says, thanks for a very informative morning. So enjoyable. We'll plan to join you next Sunday evening. Thanks again for all the support, positive thoughts, and prayers. They mean so much, ladies. And um, Elena, just uh, one thing uh, that SR had asked me uh, to Yes, in his response. 
his yeah, response to just, us. See. Let me just grab, pull that up. Um, yeah. His response was uh, that he is uh, very, very glad to hear that you, you, your surgery went well and that you're home and wishes you a, a speedy recovery. Yeah. 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 He, when we sent the questions, he wanted to make sure we conveyed that to you. Yeah. So and, thanks uh, for joining us. I'm glad you were able to. I'm glad you're on the healing path. And I'm so glad so many of you could join today. Again, I apologize. I couldn't be an active participant in the chat room today. I'll figure out that ha that's happened once before. Um, but I was very, very excited about next week. Mm -hmm. uh, get out your copies of Redemption. And mm -hmm. we're going to be starting chapter one. And I know there's a lot of book clubs going around. So just keep whatever chapter you're reading straight. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, more Julia and Gabriel to come. So and that's like me trying to explain to Marlene from Gabriel's Inferno through it hasn't been filmed yet, the story, the arc of the story, so that because she won't read it. She yeah. Too much. <laughs> uh, and Elena says, oh, that's so nice of SR. Mm -hmm. I bet he's sending positive energy your way, Elena. And Brenda says, great chat, ladies. See you all next week and have a great weekend. And Paul, don't forget Paul. Betty, of course, we won't forget your beloved Paul. How could we? So. Yeah, there, there's some interesting things that happens with Paul in that and redemption. So mm -hmm. <laughs> more Paul Absolutely. to come in redemption. Absolutely. <laughs> and so a I'm, lot more, a lot more uh, excitement to come. Absolutely. I love that part of their journey. Oh, mm -hmm. I just love those books. Thank you, SR, for writing. Yes. Thank you very much for writing. So and what I, are we leaving? Uh, we are leaving with Unforgettable by Matt. Oh, that's very appropriate. Yes, it is. So have a good week, everybody, and we'll talk to you all next week. Yep, Sunday, the 6 p.m. Eastern Time, New York Time. Right. See you then with Betty and Pearlie. In every way And forevermore That's how you stay That's why, darling It's incredible That someone so unforgettable Thinks that I am unforgettable too.